Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Wild Card Podcast alongside Jason Cousineau, Preston Grace, Kurt Ardle, and the Chance LeBlanc. I'm James Mackey. Uh, this is something we don't know how this is going to go, but this is a sports podcast about, well, sports. We're going to start around with the easy stuff. Uh, Chance, I'm going to come to you first. I want you to introduce who you are, where you're from, and who your favorite sports teams are. My name is Chance LeBlanc. I'm 21 years old. Uh, I'm currently living in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I'm originally from Laurel, Maryland. Uh, in between Baltimore and Washington, D.C., and I grew up a all-Washington sports fan, pretty much diehard, and I've turned into a Suns fan after living out here for about six years now. What you can see is he's wearing a Washington football team hat right now, which I will... HTTR for life. We'll cross that bridge later. Kurt? Mm, well, happy to be here, guys. Happy to be here. My name's Kurt Arnold. I was uh, born and raised here in the Valley, Scottsdale, to be specific. Love it here. You know, got to love it here. Um, I am 20 years old, if I didn't say that already. And, uh, you know, I'm just here to talk about anything sports, uh, mainly Arizona sports. That's the thing I'm a fan of. Uh, mainly, I'd say the D-backs and the Suns. It's, a, it's been a rough, you know, Feel past bad. couple of years. Yeah, But uh, it's looking up right now for the Suns, of course. We'll get to that later, of course. You know, I'm happy to, happy to talk about the Suns. Preston? Preston Grace, 19, single. And uh, <laughs> what I'm about... I like to support mediocre sports teams, including the D-backs and the, and the Cardinals Amen. and the Lakers and the Blues. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, this is combo. excited <laughs> to be here. Mr. Cousineau. It's your boy, Jason Cousineau, 20 years your old, boy. 20 years young, uh, <laughs> was born here in Arizona, moved to Pennsylvania, lived there for 10 years, became a big fan of all the Philly sports teams because they just have passion, unlike a lot here, but I'll always root for my Arizona team's number one because I was born here. So excited to be here. Uh, everybody, a communal moment of silence for the Eagles and the Phillies, please. Shit. I ain't giving them a moment of silence. They Thank deserve you. it. It's been a rough year. It's been a rough year. My name's James Mackey, uh, born in the suburbs of a little town called Chicago. Grew up a White Sox, a Blackhawks, a Bears fan. Not a Bulls fan, not a big basketball guy, but here I live now in the Valley of the Sun. Unfortunately, not really still a Suns fan. I just like to watch the orange ball go up and down the court. You know what I mean? That's what it's all about. Yeah, you know how it goes. Um, someone brought up a good point for you. Who I think it was Preston. Mediocre sports teams. This valley oh, yeah. is full of them. Preston, mm. yeah. Run me through your life as a mediocre sports team fan. Well, uh, growing up a Lakers fan, we were actually pretty good. We had Kobe Bryant. Obviously, he's one of the best of all time. But when he left in, I want to say, 2013, 2014? 2015. 15? Actually, 2016. Well, even even in his last... Preston has never stepped foot in L.A. I just wanted to point even that in out. Even in his Who last is he, Brett few Favre? years, he we like came back and left. In, the last, in, the, in Kobe's last two years, we were terrible. So it mm-hmm. may as well have been 2014. Uh, we won, uh, put an asterisk over the 2020 ring in the Lakers, but we haven't Definitely. been good since. Uh, the D-backs, I don't have to say anything about them, do I? Mm. Youth in the outfield. Like they've been, they've been rebuilding for the last six Ooh. years. Mm, yep, since, what, 2011? Since and we somehow made the wild card game in 2017. That was not supposed Ooh. to happen. That was a hell of an experience, Archie though. Bradley, baby. From living here during that, that was a hell of an experience. It was. Everything it was. downtown was that, all diamond. That wild card game was crazy. Should have been there. We need something Should've like that again. Uh, Were you paying for my ticket? No, I was saying I should have been there. My oh. my dad he missed the ticket sales because he overslept sadly. So it was a very yeah very unfortunate. Shame on Mr. Arnold. Yeah, no, for real. It was 
It happens. Yeah. Yeah, and it if, happens. If we're going on football, talking about the Cardinals, they just had one of the worst years I've ever seen. Mm. But it was it, it was very ownership. It all starts with it was very injury filled. So bitty bid bid wells. But I will say, with the Cardinals being terrible, it made the football season go by very fast. So now I can just look forward to basketball. Well, not really look forward, but you know, because it's the Lakers. So is this the part where I point out to you that the Bears have the number one overall pick in the draft, and the current talk is whether you trade Justin Fields or you trade the pick, or do we just like you trade the pick? Trade the pick. You do trade the pick. Good. Mm, so I think yeah. I think it's a good yeah. smokescreen, though. I think that. Justin Fields has made some comments and uh, about wanting to play in a dome, and I think the Bears are going to get a lot of offers. And uh, if they get a, if they get a crazy offer, I wouldn't be surprised if they took it. But I I don't think I don't think they will. I have seen uh, things where you, in a in that first round or first overall pick, you guys get a Brian Burns pick from the from the Panthers. Would you like that, Bears fan? You're talking like we trade with the Panthers? Yeah. Where where are the Panthers picking at currently? I want to say five. No. Four? I don't I don't think they trade fields. They have to give them a shot. Like you can't with that defense they had last season and the off the field stuff and I mean all this it was dysfunctional all season. I mean you can't really if they don't win seven, eight or nine games this upcoming season, then you can think about yeah, maybe we need to look at a different direction. But and plus it was a first year coach as well. I mean, Panthers are the number nine. There's a lot of pick. things that uh, happened last season. No, if we're dropping that, no, I don't want nine. I want one of the top edge rushers in the draft. We'll come back to football later. Uh, we're going to kick off the show. Um, the NBA is just out of his all-star break. Actually, today I was alerted um, is their first game back from the all-star break. The divisions break down as so in the East. Boston leads in the Atlantic uh, by three games over Philadelphia. and the Central, Milwaukee leads over Cleveland by four and a half. And in the southeast, Miami leads over Atlanta by three. Uh, switching over to the west, in the northwest, Denver leads over Minnesota by 11. The closest race is actually in the Pacific, where Sacramento somehow, I don't know how the Kings are number one, uh, lead over the Clippers, Preston, by one game. Uh, and half a game back from them is the hometown Phoenix Suns, which that's a little discussion we're going to have here in a moment. Uh, and in the southwest division, Memphis has a five-and-a-half game lead over Dallas. The big news of the NBA trade deadline is what for the Suns? Anyone care to guess where this topic goes next? Let me guess. I think Kevin, his name is Kevin. Kevin Durant. TJ Warren? <laughs> yes. He's back. It is actually about TJ Warren. Back? Darius, Darius, Darius Basley? Uh, the Suns have um, cold news, I know, but this is something I've been sitting on. The Suns traded Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, the 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029 first-round picks to the Nets in a, I believe it was four, three or four-team deal. Four. four team deal where Jay Crowder was dealt to the Bucks in return. They got TJ Warren, as you heard, and a little 34 year old man out of Texas by the name of Kevin Durant. Gentlemen, I open the floor for discussion. Did the Suns overpay for Kevin Durant? Um, no, I don't. I don't even think they gave enough for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I think it was a fleece. They didn't have to give up Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton, and they were willing up to get. They were willing to give up DA at the beginning of the year. With Cam, with Jay, uh, I mean, it's and the, with Mikhail. It's the simple biggest too. trade since Charles Barkley, and that was over, what, 20, 25 years ago? You know, it's it's huge for the city, I feel like. And, uh, yeah, what what was that? You said that we didn't have to give up, or it might have been Jason, that mm-hmm. we didn't have to give up any of our, you know, top three players that are, you know, potentially all Hall of Famers. I would say Aiton has some work to do. But, you know, Booker and Paul definitely. So the fact that we didn't have to give them up, I feel like, is huge. I think that... Um, I mean, last summer this came up. I specifically, specifically remember 
uh, July 4th weekend. Um, Flex from Jersey, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's a big Suns insider. Uh, he's from New Jersey. He comes out here sometimes, but he was saying, Kevin Durant wants to come here, he wants to come here, and mm -hmm. he kept on saying it for six months, and he kept on going on Suns podcast and saying, just keep your eyes open. You, you never know what's going to happen. Um, I don't think they overpaid really at all. Um, this was the offer that they offered them last summer. Um, and the Nets were just not sure because at the same time when this was all going down, Kyrie Irving was trying to flirt around if he wanted to come back or not. Um, and I think once Kyrie Irving opted out, uh, everything stayed internal. And I think KD ultimately wanted to come here no matter what, whether it was this season or the summer, he was going to be in a Suns jersey. Um, I think that the air was cleared with Jay Crowder. He finally got to get what he wants, um, sitting out the whole season. I don't. A lot of internal stuff um, was going on there. I mean, Macau Bridges, obviously the heart and soul of the Suns. Cam Johnson, the Twins, is a restricted free agent next season. So I don't yeah, really think he's him he's a free deal. agent, and a lot of people are talking about him mm -hmm. coming back. And then twenty twenty six, Mikhail's done, and God forbid, he's, he's I don't more know. than welcome <laughs> to come back here. Exactly, books <laughs> oh, yeah. book will always be keeping him. I guess I think his I think also the number one thing that when I looked at all this was was as Matt Ishbia. Um, I think that his presence and his just wanting to win and like right away like his first 12 hours here he yeah. got kevin durant like he's mm -hmm. he was fired up he he gives me vibes of steve Ballmer. he wants to win players want to play from he was sitting courtside with katie's mom the first game that they were there he's got some money too. um he's, he's got plenty money. of money he's a that was helps. He's a basketball <laughs> guy he went to michigan state won a um, national championship with them and i believe 2002 mm -hmm. um but no he he's definitely the key contributor and i i will say the most underrated pickup for the suns and I was very high on this, is uh, Terrence Ross. Big T. Um, Terrence Ross, really? first game. I have like a whole thing right here about Terrence Ross. Probably the one of the most underrated scores in the NBA. Long overdue. Should have left the Magic years ago. Um, he scored 51 points a game. He has playoff experience with the Raptors and the Magic. Mm -hmm. He scored 16 in his first game. He's literally a walking microwave. Um, I think and, he's just an upgrade from Cam Johnson, if you ask me. And looking at the bench now, I mean, you got Shamit, Ross, Warren, and Payne. Those are all 12-point-per-game scores. That's mm -hmm. that's 48 points off the bench right there. And you have the backups with Biombo and Landell. So I think this this team at full strength, like, and I'm very optimistic, like, just because I know, you know, you have Scott Foster, and then you have Boston, Milwaukee, <laughs> in the East, and then you, and you still got, um, got, got Luca and Kyrie. You still got threats in the West. But, I mean, I will say that if this – is looking the way that as most fans were looking at it, like this team is reckoned with, and it's gonna be it's gonna be scary come May and uh, June. Can I ask you some chance? Yeah. How you feel about Josh Okogie? I think that he is extremely underrated and probably one of the most valuable players on the team. Mm -hmm. um, he's aver he's averaged like twenty two points a game in the last five games up to the All Star break. Uh, he's phenomenal. I think he'll get that last starting spot. I think he's very underrated, and he was very underrated with the Minnesota Timberwolves that made the playoffs with that Jimmy Butler um, in 2018. He's one of the. He's definitely one of the best on-ball defending guards in the league. Too. And I think he I should mean, keep the mask. Off the too. bench is crazy. He just keep the mask because he's been balling since before <laughs> the mask. So he was born in the dark, and we merely adopted it. <laughs> yeah. Something else. I'm gonna attempt to keep this relatively mellow here. Last night in our group chat, something blew up. Uh, John Morant. <laughs> Quoted by NBA TV saying, quote, I'm the best player in the league. I ain't scared when addressing the changes in the Western Division, Western Conference. Sorry, uh, Preston, <laughs> you said he's not a top five at his position and he's yep. barely a top ten. Yep. Chance, you were willing to go to bat for John Morant. 
I'm right. I'm right there with. Can him. I? Can I say something? Right I don't think he's top hold five. On, hold on. Let you go. I'm a Lakers fan. You're a Suns fan. We can all agree we don't like the Grizzlies, right? I, yeah, I was just gonna say in the beginning. As much as we like to slander the Grizzlies and give them crap for what they say and how cocky they are for accomplishing mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Mostly Joe. Congrats, you made it to the second <laughs> round of the playoffs. Oh, it's last all year. of them. Brooks. Um, Jackson. Yeah, they, they oh, definitely yeah. have a, an ego, point. and I think it's definitely you know gotten a little out of control. But I mean, as much as we like to slander, I mean, John Morant is a talent in this league that is top five point guard in the league he's one of the most highest paid point guards in the league uh mm-hmm. makes max contract and um interesting comments you made last night i have a list and <laughs> in yep. no particular order um so these these are top 10 point guards in my opinion in no order i just wrote down steph curry better shy gilders alexander mm-hmm. better luca luca Dantich, obviously better. Kyrie irving better damian lillard better john morant Darius Garland, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brunson, who should have been an all-star, Tyrese um, Halliburton, and Trey Young. Halliburton was Tyrese is I, I like Tyrese. Tyrese was an all-star oh. as well. <laughs> I really like Tyrese. Why do you Tyrese. put uh, SJ at two? Uh, I'm wondering. Um, he said they were in no particular order. There's no order. Oh, because oh, of I, what I, he's I, done I, this I, year, no SGA should do, be at two. I do believe SGA is a... I wouldn't top five number two. Right? Isn't he a shooting guard? Oh, I'm not saying, yeah, not number two, but top five, maybe. Giddy the point guard on that team? And he's the shooting guard? I mean, if you want to argue positions, I think NBA has turned into positionless basketball See, Exactly. But They're trying to take the center position away from the point guard. Like Luka, I mean, point guard. SGA averaging 35-5 and five this season is no joke. Yeah. And, uh, and that he, team is talented. They're they're fighting for a play-in spot for the playoffs. So, like, it's not like they're, he's just carrying them by themselves. Like, it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, Isaiah Joe, one of the best three-point shooters ever. Not ever. Where does LeBron the start these days? Is it a? Uh, he three? broke Kareem's record, and then I don't know if I've seen him on the no, court. I think position. Oh yeah, oh, oh, they have him. They have him at power but, forward, but that was before the trades we made. I mean, but. Two years ago, he's playing the one. You know, mm-hmm. like you never know out here who's playing what. Yeah, you like six eight is such a when when you're a player is six foot eight. It's like you can yeah. pretty much put him anywhere. As I long just as think they can uh, defend. Nah, but I just think Jock keeps putting the target on his back. With mm-hmm. all these comments, no um, it's more than the comments. It's his actions. Months ago, when he attitude. said, "I'm fine in the West," and now he's saying he's the best player. Um, in, as after he said, "I'm fine in the West," they were on a losing streak. Every team was they coming are, after. They have him. a 17 and 16 record versus the Western yeah. Conference this season. So if you watch his during the I'll tell you All-Star what, break, it was kind of like he had an attitude, like in his question, like in his answering. I felt like it's kind of like. Um, how everybody kind of viewed the Suns last year mm. when they were all this top dog. They were winning every game. They won like they didn't lose in December last year and they were cocky. Book was, you know, book was being book, all that. Um, and then come playoff time, all fell apart. They were, you know, they all started getting hurt. Everybody had a target on them and especially Luca. Once, um, yeah, that was not fun. Got, try to get in. Man, I'll head. tell you what, I have <laughs> never, and I swore to myself when growing up in the burbs of Chicago that the first playoff game I would ever go to would be a Stanley Cup final playoff game. And somehow I got talked into showing up to game seven and I got the rally towel. And I just remember thinking, this is going to go so great. I know the Suns are going to win. And then mm, we don't know how much talk it was about 40 whatever. something. Like, uh, we were down fifty at one point. Yeah, it was, it was bad. bad. It was very bad. I, I remember watching the nineteen. I don't think bad is the right word. I think abysmal is unwatchable. So what made it worse too word. is I feel like after that whole thing happened, more people that like you know the year prior, everyone hopped on the bandwagon for the Suns when we were good. Obviously, I feel like more people last year hopped on the bandwagon to hate us. And the Suns on Instagram like posted an apology letter. Yeah, apologizing. To to the fans for that horrible performance they had it in Game 7. I mean, that's got to be the worst Game 7 performance 
just ever. And you're home. You know, every comment's just Luca's, it's, Luca's it's, son. Oh. Luca's son. You know, every comment. <laughs> it was every rough. single one, I swear. And look what Matt Ishba has done this year to just not let that happen again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was I, mm-hmm. I don't remember which one of you. It might not have been one of you, but someone brought up to me or someone brought up that in what that was what Ishba's first twelve hours as the owner of the Suns, yeah. and he'd already dealt for KD and and Darius Baisley, which I this is another interesting pickup, mm-hmm. honestly. That I think a bubble too. team. He was on that twenty twenty bubble team with Chris Paul, and they made the playoffs. Took Houston to seven in the first round. Um, he said. Nine point per game score. He's only 22 years old, and I'm labeling him as a Walmart Macau Bridges just because they kind of have the same build, um, both three and D. Um, mm-hmm. But you got to have guys like that. Like he, he hasn't played yet in the two games, but <laughs> just having that depth is great. Because like if you guys haven't, if you have guys in foul trouble or anything like that, like the forward position is pretty deep, and you're dealing Dario Saric, who's a free agent as well next year to OKC, and you're only giving up a future like 20, I think it was 20, 28 second round pick. Mm-hmm. So I mean. It's a risk to take. I mean, and I, and I like it a lot. It's a great 3 and D. One of the other things that I think James Jones is just killing it with uh, at that trade deadline as well was they kind of brought a lot of chemistry pieces together from years ago, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, uh, Campaign and Kevin Durant when they were in the Warriors, Bismack and Terrence when they were together in the Raptors, yeah, and the Magic, Shamit and uh, KD when they were on the Nets. It's like a bunch of these pieces all come together. We're all... I mean, teammates Booker, once Booker before and KD on the Booker Olympics. and Kevin Durant from the Olympics, and that's mm-hmm. when KD fell in love with him. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, it's going to be a sight to see this these last twenty something games. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting point how we didn't start the conversation about the Suns, but we somehow circled back to the Suns. And Arizona sports, Preston said it best when it was hinted at that they've been quote abysmal. The Cardinals had what three wins last season. I would four in that under right Cliff now. Kingsbury. I'm not saying that uh, under Cliff uh, Kingsbury. Greensbury. The Diamondbacks need help more than you'll ever need, and the most I think interesting story in all of Arizona sports. Does anyone care to guess where I lead next? The Coyotes. I lead to the Arizona Coyotes, who, by the way, play in a five thousand mm-hmm. modified to forty six hundred after media. Seed Arena, Mullet Arena, Tempe, beautiful campus, perfectly placed, I think, right outside of <laughs> Sun Devil Stadium. I don't think it gets enough love. I've said it time and time again. I think people hate on it too much on the internet because the Canadian media is always the first person to say something about it. Hockey media, Canada, all this crap. I'm tired of it. The Coyotes record up to this point through 24 games at home. Does anyone care to guess how many wins and losses they carry at home currently through this point? 24 games. 24 games? 24 games at home. I will guess it has to be close to a winning record. Okay. I'm going to say 16 and whatever. 16 and 8? How many losses that means. I say they won 16 games at home. I'll say (laughs) 13 and 11. You are the closest. They are 13, 9, and 2. Ooh. That's pretty good. I forgot. Their home record last season at now Desert Diamond Arena, 12, 12, and 4. So they finished 500 in regulation last season. This season they are 39 and 2. I would believe it is safe to say the mullet experience, sorry, the mullet experiment, if that's what we're going to call this, and has experience. gone correct. Experience as well. Have you been there? I've been there. Have you been there? I have, yes. You've been there. I went there with you women's hockey, though. Went to the Stars game. But. That's right. If you compare that to any, how many other NHL arenas have you been to? 
That's the only one. Yep. Just the flyers. Just, yep. Just Capital coyotes. Well, I, okay. I did, I did go to the, the old, old coyotes. coyotes one. Yeah. So then, so you yeah, said the Gila. flyers and you I've said Capital Gila, One. I went to Gila last year against the Capital. I don't want to talk about Gila. Gila River's on my. But I've, I've been to Capital One. You said Wells, Cap- Fargo. You, you said Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. I went to the United Center Friday the tenth when the Coyotes were in town, and the experience sitting at the United Center, the three hundred level, had me feeling like I was farther away from the game of hockey than I've ever been. When you compare Mullet, it's. Oh, to Wells Fargo. Gosh, it's night and day. It's like you can see, especially up there, because it is kind of an older stadium, too, because they mix it with the Sixers. Um, yeah, there's some spots where there's, and it's old, in heart of Philly, there's some, mm-hmm. like, cement blocks, um, blocks away. Nothing, it does not compare to Mullet. Like, the, just the sight when you look at everything, seeing everybody, how fast it is, it's just, like, all right there. It's just insane. I will I will agree with that. I remember when I literally right when I walked in there, it was like you're in like you feel like you're in the game. Like I literally walked mm-hmm. in there and you're you're ten rows away from the it's from the insane. ice. It was pretty You're ten rows away that. from guys who are making millions of yeah. dollars to skate yeah. on a sheet of ice. Yeah, yes. it was it was pretty Speaking the, of the ice, also, every the ice is like filled, amazing. Too. That was my next point. The number one thing said after the Winnipeg game, the opener at Mullet Arena to not only ESPN media but to local media was that the ice is impeccable. Mm-hmm. And it's been said by a lot of teams. You're dealing with a team in the desert. Mind you, <laughs> the word water is like... Big drought right now, too. It's it's like heavenly. You think about water in Arizona, and you're like, oh, my God, this is not real. <laughs> you have a team playing an NHL game, an NHL speed game. Can you imagine if Zidane Char was skating at Mullet Arena? Mm. You are 13 rows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant about this for a second. You are 13 rows away from the guys who are playing the best game in the whole entire world. A game that has been around longer than any of us have been thought of by our parents or even their parents. This is a game that is so historic that their championship started as a bowl that you like eat chips out of. And now it's like this huge big thing that they retire rings of. It's the best trophy in sports. So what is the point? Where do hockey fans get off? And it happened last night with Calgary. And this is kind of feeding into where I'm going. The NHL trade deadline sits currently March 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern. There is one player in particular who has been benched since February 10th, that Chicago game I mentioned earlier, in which he played for 29 minutes and 57 seconds, notching three shots. I turn and I point out to the name of Jacob Chikrin. The Coyotes have been on a roll without him in the lineup. Nine points at least in the last nine games after before last night's against Calgary. And Calgary's media still found a way to hate on Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin was sitting in the scratch player level. Canadian cameras found him. He was reading a stat sheet. You kind of can guess how this goes. Canadian media says, oh, look, players sitting in their level. Blah, 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 blah. In your mind. When you look on paper, Preston, I'm going to come to you because you kind of have a little bit more experience with this. There was a report put out. GM, uh, GM Bill Armstrong of the Arizona Coyotes confirmed with Craig Morgan of PHNX that he will not play for the Coyotes until after the deadline if he's not traded. What is best in your mind, to keep or to deal Jacob Chikrin? Deal him. You're a tanking team, right? Okay. Chance? I mean, I don't really follow the Coyotes as much as I do the Capitals, but I mean, like, the main goal of this season, heading into this season, I think everybody knew for the bottom five teams is, like, tank for Bedard. That's been, like, the theme. I mean, on Twitter, that's what everybody talks about. I mean, players yeah. came out and said, I don't know how the GM is going to feel about us winning the game against the Lightning a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was standing in the locker room for that, and I was—I mean, I was like—I was like dead on with him. And when he said that, I my jaw dropped. I was like, "There's no way." Clayton Keller, who they're paying through 2027, 20, 28, just told media he's not sure how Bill Armstrong will feel about them beating Tampa Bay. A mm-hmm. really good team. I will say, based on that, I mean, that could the GM obviously heard that quote, and he's you know, I think moves will be made. I mean, they're twenty twenty eight and three or. Around that mark. Currently, I'm they are again. 20, 29, and 9. See, but everybody okay. expected them to be dead last, and even us. We all Thank expected you. them to be dead last yep. because we were saying the same thing. It's a tanking team. They have a new stadium, new ice. Well, it's an, a whole experiment year for them, and they're not that far below 500, and they still have players absolutely balling right now. It's just interesting. I think the Coyotes should keep them. Yeah, your backup goalie is, like, amazing right now. <laughs> yeah. By the way, he came from Nashville. He was a backup in Nashville too. So just, I think it may be too late to like turn the tank on. If they were going to tank, then they would have made moves probably in January, maybe mm-hmm. in December. So should they try to compete? I think they no. I think they. I try think to they compete. buy. I, I think you're out of it. I think I, I think you're right partially on the buying because a, to an extent, yeah, correct. The one thing I've heard more than anyone else or anything else is that Bill has tried so hard to build for picks. Look at what he did with the Blues. He won them a cup in 2018. There was a good reason he did it. They had a great young team. They were a good. He built them up, and then he left to come somewhere else. He did not fret from saying that last season during the trade deadline when he was making moves. They entered the trade deadline with the same amount of picks they left with. That is hard to do, and that's after dealing their own picks to teams for players. So why talk about hockey? Easy. Good question. Preston. Your St. Louis Blues, oh boy, out of nowhere, have immediately become sellers. Ryan O'Reilly is dealt in probably the most baffling trade I've ever seen to Toronto on yeah, Friday night. Three first line centers now. Noel Achari um, goes with him to Toronto, and in return, <coughs> you get Sammy Blyce back, who Sammy you Blyce. won a cup with. Again, good player. That team, that deal baffles me mainly because it was St. Louis, Toronto, and Minnesota. Do you know why Minnesota was in that deal? It's for cap, right? Cap space? Minnesota retained 50% of Ryan O'Reilly's cap, and in return, they got a fourth-round pick. Why are you surprised that they're a seller? Um, I had sort of insider information that they were going to be sellers at the deadline probably four weeks prior to that Tarasenko trade. So... Me personally, I wasn't surprised, but I know Blues fans who were very surprised at the initial Tarasenko deal. But we were still winning games without Tarasenko, so we're like, okay, we're fine. We just beat we beat Jersey, we beat good teams, we beat Florida, and then the O'Reilly trade happened, and I was like, I wasn't told we were going to trade O'Reilly, but honestly, that trade isn't terrible. I think for what we want to do, we weren't going to make the playoffs. Let's be honest. We were not going to make the playoffs. You're a straight up man, and I respect you for that. And O'Reilly's on an he's on an expiring contract, so you got to trade him. Now you force Toronto to do it, and I think I think we got a good return for Ryan O'Reilly draft compensation. You got a good haul. Chance. I'm just looking at the standings right now. Um, my cap, my Capitals. I don't. 
I don't feel too confident in. You've I been – I've talked to you about this. You we, have uh, been a bubble team. You've been a wild card contender almost I, all year. I just think that with Ovi being out the last week or two and us losing five straight and him coming back, I think, on Tuesday, I don't – I think it's just too competitive. And plus with us playing two goaltenders, like flip-flopping every other game, I it's just too competitive. The Metropolitans historically has always been the most competitive division um, with Pittsburgh, Islanders, Rangers, and Capitals, Flyers, um, and CBJs in dead bottom. I mean, and they were decent for a couple of years. In the last 10 years, they made the playoffs uh, a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it's... I don't know. It's it's interesting to look at the standings now. I don't I don't think we really have a good shot we're kind of slipping away, but it's there for the taking, though. We're sitting a point out of the – actually, four points, five points out of the uh, last playoff spot. But I think that Penguins and Islanders are poised to battle it out. So God, I hate the Penguins. Oh, yeah. Mm. They broke my heart multiple times. Same division as the Blues and the Coyotes. We're going to pivot now to my Blackhawks. Second in points on the team, second in goals on the team, and tied for first in assist is a little man by the name of Patrick Kane. Signed a massive contract back in 2000-something teen. I don't remember what year I should have remembered, but I live there. <laughs> he has been rumored with Jonathan Taves to be dealt by the deadline. He's put up a hat trick against Toronto on the 19th. Two goals against Dallas last night. Is this a ploy to get traded, or is it just him finally showing his teeth because he's had a chance to cut them? Chance you are chomping at the bit. I mean, Patrick Kane's obviously a proven guy in the NHL for a long time now. Um, I think his time is definitely due in in uh, Chicago. I think that if he's not dealt with the trade deadline, then he'll he'll probably be gone this summer. I mean, I mean, what with the Blackhawks, what they're trying to do, obviously, is tank for Bedard. Um, but, it's working, unfortunately. Yeah. So I think his time is coming to an end, unfortunately. Like a lot of these guys. I mean, look at Crosby and Ovi. Like their times are coming to a close with their teams. Um, I mean, even hints at Austin Matthews, his time may be coming to a close as well. In Toronto. Um, his time in Toronto? His time in Toronto, yes. Um, he's not retiring yet. He's, he's right. not retiring yet. But, I mean, like a lot of these guys, I mean, they spend enough time with these franchises and they win enough. I mean, you know, it just comes to a point where it's like you have to move on. And uh, that's definitely what he's definitely looking at. And he could be just going all tryhard mode right now to boost his trade value uh, to play for a contending team. Um, and the Rangers. Go. That is interesting. No, you're not wrong. I think that would be a fit. Were you done or were you still talking? You're you're not wrong about that. I just wanted to say that. No, you're not wrong about that because the Blues dealt Tarasenko to New York, which was a move no one was expecting. Tarasenko wasn't even on the board as a trade bait. Um, His contract's massive, and that trade, quote, squashed any chance Kane had in ending up in New York. Um, But I saw something today that per, I think it was Emily Kaplan, with ESPN, any possibility of Kane going to New York is still on the table because they are willing to maneuver to make cap room, which I think is ridiculous. Um, at this point in time, if the Blackhawks do make a trade with Patrick Kane, they're going to have to do something seriously drastic because Columbus and Anaheim are tied at 41 points in the bottom. And it looks very bleak for the Blackhawks to land Connor Bedard at this point, but we all know the draft lottery has hurt all of us many times, especially... I just got an alert, actually, speaking about the Capitals. Dimitri Orloff and Garnett Hathaway are um, not playing tonight due to trade reasons, and those are two pretty key players of the Capitals. I mean, Dimitri Orloff won a championship with us in 2017. He did. A pretty solid player. Um, so looking at that, those two, I think the Capitals could be 
selling at the deadline, and I wouldn't be surprised just because I think they're ho holding on for the next year or two just for Ovi to break the record, and then look, just completely blow it up. We've had the same core for over 10 years now, so I think the time is coming to an end. Interestingly enough, this didn't come to my mind until just right now. Preston, little gentleman by the name of TJ Oshie, now belongs to Chances Capitals. He's been there for a while. He's produced pretty well. I love TJ Oshie. He's been, a, he's been a cornerstone guy for us for a number of years now. Yeah, I'll support him no matter where he goes. He was Captain America in Russia a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, man, that was one of the best Every time that pops back ever. up on my timeline, I watch it. Always. It's, how can you not? How can you not? Can you? Are you ready to talk about spring training? I'm ready. Tomorrow is day one of the MLB spring training. Pushing forward to the World Baseball Classic that begins March 7th here in Arizona. Been waiting six long years for this. You've been waiting very long for this. Preston, which MLB team are you most looking forward to watching? I'm going to start with Preston, then I'll go Jason, me, Chance, Kurt, blah, 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 blah. Preston. Which MLB team am I most forward, am I looking most forward to watching? Correct. Uh, can I say the Diamondbacks? I... <laughs> As long as no one else does. I don't know how exciting, but you can say that, yeah. Yeah, you, you, if your mouth works, sure. I'm going to say the Arizona Diamondbacks. Why? Because I like, I like what they got going. I like Zach Gowan. I like Merrill Kelly. I like all the, the young pitchers that they have in the farm system that should be in the MLB right now. I don't know what they're doing. I like the young outfielders we got. Even though we traded my favorite Dalton Varsha, that was a that that hurt. He wasn't an outfielder. He was a catcher. He Lewis. was everywhere. He was definitely later. not a catcher. We got Kyle. Lewis. Do not ever call him a catcher again. He was an outfielder. When I saw Kyle Lewis got traded here, I texted Preston something about it, and I was like, "Oh my god, they got Kyle Lewis!" And I believe you told me he was not good. Yeah. Well, he hasn't he played in like former rookie of the year two seasons. But yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. He's got a chance. You know, but we gave career. up Cooper Hummel for him, who was. Terrible. <laughs> Sorry, Cooper. I love you, but you were terrible with the Diamondbacks. What I think is funny is that you and I saw Cooper Homer at Fall League, and then that same night that he was at the Fall League and you interviewed him, he then was at the Coyotes game. And then I found out he got traded, and I was like, I feel like I was just like face-to-face -face with this guy. He got traded, I think, that that night or the night after. I think it was the day after. At the Coyotes which, game. We, uh, the Fall League made no sense to me in the first place, and we'll get into why in here in a minute, but just... Trading Cooper Hummel, first of all, saw time in the MLB last season. Am I wrong, or is that is he that was correct? in the MLB for most of the year? And then they sent him in the fall league. Yeah, because they wanted to make him a catcher. Interesting, Jason. Who are you most looking forward to watching in the MLB this season? I'd be lying if it wasn't. I say the Phillies once again because now they have Trey Turner, Trey Turner. Homer. Now that still got Bryce, big. still got Nick, still got Wheeler. Take care of them, I love boys. Wheeler. Um, Which Ranger. They got Tyjon Walker now. Good guy. They're building up that team. Then Taiwan. Taiwan. That'd be a dick. hard. That's I mean, be a dick. baseball is one of the hardest sports. I'd say to. I think not even go 162 back, games. I say I say the Phillies. I think they'll win the East. Hot take. Hot the take. NL. I think they'll beat out the Braves this year in the regular season, and I think they'll beat out the Mets. I don't. Braves just got rid of Dansby Swanson. The Mets always. So I think we know that that's probably. But they got uh, uh, that kid. Vaughn Grisham. Mm -hmm. I think Mets depends on how healthy uh, those the two you know superstar pitchers stay up there. But what was it? Degrom went to Texas, right? He's already <coughs> he's already looking at some injuries, which is which is no surprise. Do not get me started on the Texas Rangers. I can go for hours. Corey Seager. Anyone surprised by what my answer is about to be? 
No. Chicago White Yankees? Sox. <laughs> no, Chicago White Sox. I think Eloy and Luis and uh, T.A. really can be super good pieces for them if they all learn how to stay healthy. Jason, I see you shaking your head out of the corner of my eye, but I'm going to ignore you. Um, I think if Lance Lynn and um, Dylan Cease can be as dominant as we know they can be, Lucas Giglio's new release looks absolutely disgusting. Nationals legend. I think. <laughs> How's your bullpen up there, is it? Uh, Kendall Graveman. <laughs> We're out Liam Hendricks right now, but that's okay. Joe Kelly, I oh, think, I is still there. About, Get better soon, I Liam. forgot about Liam Hendricks. Joe, Kelly's Joe still Kelly there. still there? Joe Kelly is still there. Joe Kelly's a legend. Really? Talk about a bubble championship. Just not that great. Joe of a Kelly's anymore. a legend. He's not, that just he's shows not. I don't pay attention to the White Sox. It's, not, it's, it's that's okay. crazy. We, it's called going under the radar. <laughs> I say the Chicago White Sox. I think Yasmani Grandal looks so good <coughs> in all of the film I've seen of him through the offseason. I think he's rehabbing really well. I think he could be very good. Um, I just think it's a matter of maintaining that and adding it on to how you perform during the season. If I'm not mistaken, you guys lost. Uh, was it Jose Abreu, right? Yeah, uh, their best player. How did I forget about Jose Abreu? You need yeah, Timmy to step up. Pretty big right there. That you big. can't lead off Tim Anderson and have him be striking out like he does. Him He's got these big hands. It's uh, just ridiculous. I mean, that, Jose Abreu is going to go win a title with the Astros. Yeah, Who are we probably. Getting? I mean, Astros are good up. again. Shocker. Shut Unfortunately. Up. I never had it. I mean, they did what oh, they did. Oh, someone steal Bud Hud from the World Series. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Chance. At least they made the playoffs. Tapped on his <laughs> finger. At least we have a ring. Oh, um, yeah. The most excited team, I'm actually... 2009. Heavily, heavily biased. Wait, um, with Bryce Harper, right? They won that ring with Bryce Harper? We did not win it with Bryce Harper. Nope. He left Nationals. That That's right, and then he yep. said he was going to bring a title back to D.C. From That's a guy correct. named Howie Kendrick. Yeah, 2019 was crazy. Y'all didn't know Jonathan Papelbon, the GOAT of Anibal Sanchez. Totally forgot he was a person for a minute. Sorry, Chance. Uh, I will say I'm very excited, even though the Nationals are probably going to sell the team in the next couple of months with the owner passing away. Uh, I'm very excited to watch this team. Like, even though we'll probably only win 60 to 65 games, I mean, I'm excited to see the pieces that we got back in the Juan Soto trade. Um, Mackenzie Gore, top pitching prospect. Josiah Gray, another top pitching mm-hmm. prospect. Cade Cavalli, a top five pitching prospect. Um, Jeter Downs was in the Mookie Betts trade. I don't know I why like the Red Sox got rid of him. Number one that prospect for the Red Sox. Stone Garrett from the D-backs, he showed, showed some flashes last summer of his strength, um, if he can just put the ball in play. And he's fast. He's mm-hmm. very fast. He's very strong, too. Um, and Kilbert Release was in the Dodgers trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner two summers ago, um, another top prospect for us. So, I, I mean, it'll be a fun team to watch. I don't have many expectations, but, I mean, it'll just be fun. Another team, I know you're going to hate that I say this, is the Chicago Cubs. I'm going to agree with you on oh, that. No. I'm going to agree I, with you on that wholeheartedly I, because I think you're right. I I don't know. Being around a lot of Chicago guys out here, um, I, I'm starting to believe the hype a little bit. I mean, I think they'll be a around a 500 team this year. Now they could be more than that. I mean, Dansby Swanson obviously had a top shortstop. Jamison Tyone, I think, is an underrated signing. Um, but Stroman, Jamison Tyone being your best pitcher, he's not their number one. Who is? They have Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, and Stroman's a good Tyone. second half pitcher. Don't get that I, wrong. I think Stroman has a bounce back season this year if he can stay healthy. I mean, he's a proven guy in this league. Um, you have Mervis, the loaded farm system. Cody Bellinger coming into the season with the World no, Series strikeout record with, holder with no shift this season. No shift this season. I am looking Cody forward Bellinger. to Cody Bellinger. I, um, I I never liked him, and I and I like I like Christopher Morel. I think he's a great defensive outfielder. Um, Suzuki, I like him a lot. Um, yes. I, I I think they're just a really they got a lot of depth. They got a lot of guys who can play multiple positions. And uh, was Suzuki there last year? They'll be a fun team. Yes, to watch yes he was. Yeah. They're gonna be a fun team. Kurt, I'm gonna lob this one to you, and then I'm gonna take it back, and we're gonna talk about rule changes for 2023. Kurt, give me your pick on the MLB. 
I mean, yeah, I would say the D-backs, but I, I mean, that's just because of the Arizona and me. But I would say another exciting lineup, at least I'm, you know, looking forward to watch is most people are going to hate this, but the Astros, you know, it's, I feel like it's unquestionable that they have on paper the best, you know, lineup in baseball. Stop it. What is going on here? Stop crying. I, I'm not crying. It, okay, it's debatable with the Phillies, but still, if you look at it, it's, got a great it team. is insane. They I have mean, a great team every pitch, year. Pitching staff, they have... I, you know, I just, they did just lose their best pitcher. I was going to say that. Yeah, Lander. but they still have a good. Yeah, where did he go? Decent Mets. staff. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. They so forgot about. I that. I would not be surprised if the Astros were to run the table in the American League again. But was Verlander wasn't he hurt during the playoffs last year? No, he came back. No. A bit. He, he came, came back. back. I know he came back. Uh, came like, back and shoved. Yeah, I know he shoved, yeah. but like he was hurt for. Hey, who a did they, who did they beat in the World Series again? The oh, that was it. Wasn't the Padres? That's it. Was not the Padres. You're correct. Um, where were your White Sox this year? Hey, year? now that's the not year before. Needed. Um, Ooh, with the wild Phillies card eliminated <laughs> at home. And, and where did Jose Abreu go? All right, listen, listen up, okay? <laughs> I saw firsthand the rule changes in the fall league, and I loved it. I think the most viral clip everyone's probably seen is Jason Dominguez tapping on his head and challenging a pitch. Not only did he get it right, but he proved that he's not a bust. You talked about it already. There's no shift. The pitch clock is new this year. The rule is with runners on base, you'll have 20 seconds. With runners not on base, you'll have 15. If you violate the pitch clock as a pitcher, it is an automatic ball. If you violate it as a hitter, it is an automatic strike. Interesting. Preston, I come to you. Your I, thoughts on the rule change. I think that rule takes more power away from the pitchers, but I love that. I like offense. So... I'm not you won't hear me complain about that the pitch clock. MLB it's important to lower the amount of time that a game is cuz a lot of people are like, you know, or I wouldn't say scared, but a lot of people stay away from baseball just cuz of how long it is, and I feel like the the clock would help that a little bit. MLB's website says the pitch timer helped release game length by 25 there minutes in the minors yeah. in 2022. The number one complaint from fans that don't watch baseball is, oh, the game's so boring. Oh, it's so slow. So this is like one of those things to, you know, pick up the pace, um, make the game mm -hmm. a little faster. So Are you agreeing with Rob Manfred? Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop the presses. Tough Someone's agreeing with Rob Manfred. <laughs> we close out the show by talking about what Preston has waited six years for. Six Fucking years, Preston, you've waited uh, for this. World Baseball Classic. <laughs> the World Baseball Classic BBC. comes to Phoenix. Give me your picks, boys, starting over here with Chance. Red, white, and blue, baby. I think the USA gets it done. I love the Dominican team, but I think they're just a little too inexperienced. Curtis? I would absolutely agree. I mean, I feel like this thing, the WBC I meant, has turned into basically the United States versus the Dominican Republic with... Maybe Japan making a few appearances Cuba. here and there. Cuba too, yeah. But I feel like Venezuela. I would absolutely 100% agree with Chance. Cool. I feel like the red, white, and blue is getting it done this year. Just like last, last what was it? How many years ago? Six, Six years ago, yeah. 2017. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know I'm going with America. And that was, was that, too easy. Was that even a question? Shocker. It was too easy. <laughs> I just hope it's Sandy pitching in the game against USA. Because he's so good, Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. I hope he plays. And if he pitches, I just think that would be a great game. But it's USA all the way. Come on. I was going to say that's really awesome. Come on. Mike, we got just, Mike Trout. so good. He wasn't there do, last time. Best for us. Crazy. Pause. Do I let you bust my balls for the rest of the year when it doesn't go the way I want it to go? And do I say the Dominican Republic or do I go with the United States? See, that's not a make bad all of you happy. They have so though. much pop, though. Like, you can't get behind in any of those counts against anybody in the Dominican 
Like it's gonna I'm, have to be stellar pitching. I'm also looking at the Dominican roster, and I'm not. If the USA is like, let's say, down a run and they're going to the ninth inning, I don't think they have no shot of hitting off Emmanuel Class A. So they're... Oh, I hate Emmanuel <laughs> Yeah, so son of a bitch. The pitching's nasty, the hitting's there. I mean, but it, you know, it'll be fun. It's in Miami too. There's a lot of Dominican mm-hmm. uh, and Latino communities it, down there. Miami, so. Arizona. Mm-hmm. What, is, what else? I don't know. Is this, I think they still do at Dodger Stadium. They should have done year? Padres, but I don't think they are this year. That was a good one last time. All right, so I th- I think I'm gonna let you bust my balls. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dominican. I think it's not a bad pick. I think their power's unmatched. I think that they're very good. Yeah, they have Cattell Marte on the bench. You believe that's, that? That's insane. No one likes Kutel Martin. The all star. But he's hey, a hey. good player. He's you say that with a D backs hat on. Unbelievable, James. I believe I'm only wearing it because Christian it's Walker is the best D back. Let's be real. Very good. Just after no, Zach, Zach Allen. Zach, yeah, after yeah, Zach, 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 Zach Allen. Hitters. hitters. Hey, you know what? Watch out for Jake McCarthy. Thank you very much for listening to the first episode of the Wild Card Podcast. For Kurt Arnold, Chance LeBlanc, Preston Grace, Jason Cousineau. I'm James Mackey signing off. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you very much. Deuces.